Shut up and sit down. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Electrician Live. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to a new series that we call Electrical Code Tidbits. These are smaller, concise uh, podcasts uh, that deal with specific topics throughout the NEC that we feel will help you in your everyday installation practices and help bring everybody to the same page and overall just make for a better industry uh, or should we say a safer compliant industry. So today's episode we're going to talk about uh, a product and an application with that product that not only falls within this certain uh, article that it is within but it also is many times referenced by other articles uh, in specific sections within those articles uh, to go look at for compliance. And so if you haven't guessed, today we're going to talk about Article 320, Armored Cable, Type AC Cable, which, again, many people get confused. And this has been around, Armored Cable has been around since 1899, I believe. And the first UL standard for AC cable came about uh, to give us some guidance on the design. It was like 1917 or something, but it's been around before that. It's not new. Uh, it's UL standard is UL4. I mean, that's early in the numbering system for, uh, for ANSI UL when it comes to design standards. So, I mean, it's early out there. Now, it rivals MC cable. There are differences between AC and MC cable, and I think many people don't really know the difference. So I'll try to give you something brief, but really our focus here is to give you something that you can actually use. Okay, so we're going to talk about a specific section, and it does apply because it's referenced in NMB.23 in that section, if you haven't learned what it is yet, or also an MC cable that references .23, which is about accessible attics. It always seemed to point you back to 320.23. So we want to cover that today. But before we even get into that, let's talk a little bit about the differences of AC and MC cable. Okay, so I'm going to take you down a little, a little bit of what we call educational moment. So AC cable under UL4 is limited to four conductors that are insulated. Now, you can have a fifth conductor that is an equipment grounding conductor, which could be bare or insulated. That is optional. Uh, because in AC cable, the actual armor itself is used as an equipment grounding conductor because it has a conductor, that strand, that is run through the entire assembly that runs all the way through and touches every convolution. And because it does that with AC cable, it allows that AC cable to be considered an equipment grounding conductor. So again, you get some benefits there. It means that you don't have all those equipment grounding conductors to make up in all the boxes that you might have to make up. Now, you still might have equipment bonding jumpers to devices or bonding the metal boxes or whatnot, but at the end of the day, it does save you some labor, right? So, a couple things that are different as well is that with a AC cable, you're also limited to the sizes. So, if the conductors are copper, then it is 14 gauge through one gauge is the maximum size is one gauge. Uh, and if you're dealing with aluminum, it's 12 through 1 gauge. So, yes, you could have aluminum 
12 gauge, 10 gauge inside of an AC cable. Most people don't make it. They're worried about what happened back in the late 60s and early 70s, which was less about the aluminum and more about the termination, but it was a different type of aluminum alloy. It was 1350. And maybe one day I'll do a show on the difference between 1350 and 8,000 aluminum because 8,000 aluminum is what you need to have inside of a building. But that's another story for another time. Now, other differences in AC versus MC cable is it typically the material that wraps around the conductors or wraps around the assembly, uh, depending on what type of, of AC you have, which is an ACT or an ACTH or whatever, which is just nomenclatures for the type of conductors that are inside of it, then that would be a paper fibrous flame retardant material. Whereas typically for an MC cable, it's usually polymeric wrap material for the binder. Um, but it doesn't preclude you with MC cable from having a fibrous material. And many manufacturers do that depending on what iteration of their MC cable they're designing, whether it's a smart ground or an advanced healthcare facility or something. Okay, so, but with AC cable, you're very much limited. It has to have that paper uh, and it doesn't say anything about a polymeric material. One is probably because the design or the, the, the actual standard has not changed all that much over time. And everybody is now jumping on the MC bandwagon. So that has changed. So there's not been a lot of work done uh, that much to the UL4 standard. Although I will remind you that it is on the, I believe, the 15th edition. And the very first edition that was published uh, was in 1917. Although it's been around much, much longer than that. Uh, so uh, at any rate, that's where we're at. So there's a difference there. Um, and, and the other thing is, again, MC cable is not limited to five or four conductors, okay? Now, you're going to be limited to the application of how many current carrying conductors are in there, and then you're going to have to do some kind of adjustment or correction depending on ambient temperatures, uh, or if you're going to do an adjustment for more than four current carrying conductors in there, you still have to do that, and you get some allowances uh, in 310.15 for that, but at the end of the day, there are slight differences in the application. Now, what we wanted to focus on today is inaccessible attics, 320.23. Because you'll notice that, and, and I have my code book, if you look at 330.24, uh, excuse me, 23, sorry, it sends you and says comply with 320.23. So 330 is too lazy. They don't want to write their own rules, so they're going to send you to 320.23. Okay, no problem. But then you go to look at 334 for non-metallic sheet cable, and what does it do? It does the same thing. It ends up sending you to 320.23. So guess what? Today we're going to cover really three different sections within three different articles all in one explanation. How about that? Isn't that a, that's going to be a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yes, it is, my friends. We're going to cover it. So... 320.23 inaccessible addicts, you have an A and you have a B, okay? So we're going to look at each one of these. The first one is to read the charging statement for 320.23 inaccessible addicts. So the attic has to be accessible, okay? We're not talking about a fully sheetrocked or gypsum board ceiling and you can't get to the attic. These are accessible addicts. It says type AC cable in accessible addicts or roof spaces shall be installed as specified in 320.23A and B. Now remember, MC cable references you back here. So when you hear me talking about AC cable, all you have to do in your mind is substitute AC 
for MC or substitute AC for NMB if that's what you're working with and it ends up sending you back here to dot 23 of article 320, okay? So keep that in your mind. But we're gonna use AC because that's what we're in right now. And so there's an A and there's a B. Now A is titled cables run across the top of floor joists. Okay, so if you're going up into the attic, for example, and you've got these cables that are going to be running across the floor because you know what, you're going from the room below and you're going up and you're running across the joists and going back down to your receptacles and it's so much easier than drilling all these holes, even though sometimes it uses a little more wire, you got to weigh the balance. So many people just go overhead or maybe you're going up to luminaires, whatever the need is. It says, now, here's what the code says. It says we're run across the top of floor joists. Or, now this is the power of or, because originally this is titled floor joist, but it says or within seven feet of the floor or floor joists across the face of rafters or studding. Okay, so again, it starts out by saying it only applies to the floor joists, but again, this is an all-encompassing dome, if you will, of seven feet once you come up into this attic, okay? It says the cables shall be protected by guard strips that are at least as high as the cable. So one way that people do this, if you go in, and we all see this, and, and when we go look at jobs later, and we look at, and we go up in acts, and we go, how in the world did this pass inspection? Well, it might have been done in a time where this rule wasn't mandated, or, or was an earlier code cycle that didn't have this rule. This has been around a long time, or it could be just the fact that some people just don't follow the code. So, what you want to do is, if you run into that situation, you want to use guard strips. Many people will literally install a 2x4 along the side of the cable, which obviously sticks up higher than the cable assembly so that you don't step down on it as you're climbing up into the access or going up a ladder. And you, uh, in this case, it's permanent uh, ladders or stairs uh, where the 7 foot comes into place. And you're going up into it, and then you could step on it and damage it, okay? So that's the protection element. So you got to put these guard strips up there so that it can't be done. Usually if you run it tight next to the 2x4 or whatever other type of guard strip you want to use, uh, again, that guard strip has to be at least as high as the cable itself. Now, it says, where this space is not accessible by permanently installed stairs. So now we're talking about something like a... Uh, pulling up a portable ladder and poking your head through a scuttle hole or an access. Okay, so now it says where that's the case, protection shall only be required within six feet of the nearest edge of the scuttle hole or attic entrance. And again, that's an all-encompassing dome, if you will, in all directions, six feet out. So that also includes the rafter face and studding that might be near it, floor joists running across it. So again, while the charging statement talks about simply across the top of floor joists, you have to understand that it, it, it's more encompassing than that and probably should change the title of A. And maybe somebody will submit that for 2023 to make it a little more clear because that's not all that it's saying right here in this code rule. Okay, So you could come up and you have a ceiling where it has the rafters. And if you're running across the face of the rafters, again, it has to be protected Okay, with those guard strips. If it's within seven feet, if you have a pull-down ladder. Now, if it's, again, if it's a scuttle hole or an attic entrance that you'd use a, a ladder to get to, uh, then it can be reduced to six feet. All right, now, that's the protection requirement. Now, let's look at what happens up there if I'm running them parallel with the framing members. 
Okay, parallel meaning running the cable in the same direction as the framing member runs. Okay, it says cables installed parallel to framing members. It says where the cable is installed parallel to the sides of rafters, studs, or ceiling or floor joists, neither guard strips nor running boards shall be required. And the installation shall also comply with 300.4D. Okay, so what we're saying here in 300.4D, which is a reference it's making it back to, if you're running it parallel, you have to make sure that the edge of the cable to the edge of the framing member is at least an inch and a quarter. If it's less than that, then you're going to have to put steel plate or something that's of equivalent that is at least one sixteenth of an inch thick that acts as a protection to that cable. Okay, um, but as long as you're running parallel and you stay more than an inch and a quarter away from the edge to the edge of the cable assembly, then you're good to go. You don't have to do anything. It's running parallel and it's considered protected and you're, and you're good to go. Okay, so that was a quickie, wasn't it? We talked about 320.23 A and B, how to protect it up there. Um, and uh, I think that this was a good one because it tells other people, look, if you're in NMB and you're at dot .23 and you're doing an accessible attic, it sends you over to 320.23. Well, we just explained it for you, how you protect those and how you run those cables. If you're an MC cable and it sends you over here, now you know how to apply it. So hopefully you got something out of that. Until next time, stay safe and God bless. Shut up and sit down.